If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, producer number nine, is here as well. So much more than a producer. Here's your pro tip for the hour, last hour, Kelly. Want to do that? Yeah, we got it. Um, look for Sam Ellinger, everybody. Uh, and his mobility to add a spark to the Colts offense in the coming games. However... Maybe not so much in the futures department. Could be a betting opportunity in the next few weeks, but stay away from the futures. It's your pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show. So that means at least 20 a day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. We, we both agree on that, right? Where it's Yes. Not- that, that was one Gil and I had to discuss during the break once again to see if we agree on this. But, yes, I do. I, I, think, that, I think that there could be some value on the Colts this week. <laughs> it's at three right now. Uh, against the Commanders. If it gets below three, I- I'll probably lay the points with, with the Colts. Um, but, gets- yeah, I'm not touching them in the futures markets. No. Because it's like... <laughs> I mean, I already have enough. I already well, have enough liability on Colts tickets anyway. And our, our buddy Chris Felica, who, uh, you know, the bear who is live texting the show, which we appreciate very much, he, he was saying the same thing we were, which is, what what is what is the real intent here? Because do you really think you're getting by the Bills and the Chiefs when all is said and done? You're down two and a half effectively to the Titans in your own division, again, because they've already lost the tiebreaker. What are you really doing? You ought to be tanking. By the way, tanking is good. I've been saying this on the show for five and a half years. By the way, when I first started talking about with the NBA, even the godfather was like, Gil, nobody's tanking. I was like, no, it's it's not the players on the court. It's management trying to figure out how to best set up your team long term. Is good. If you're the Colts, it's what you ought to be doing. But we'll see if Ellinger gets him a spark in the short term, which might not be a good thing in the long term for them. Anyway, that's your pro tip of the hour. Um, okay. Uh, where are we now? Oh, let me read some tweets real quick. Just real quick. Let me see if we have any tweets here at BD the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback there. Uh, Ray, uh, wreaking havoc. I'm a Jets fan living in Jacksonville. Such a huge pickup for a worthless pick. Not enough, not enough hype around this guy. I agree, Ray. Kelly does too. I think it's a nice pickup for the uh, Colts. With uh, James Robinson. J-Rod, can't listen till later. Did you have any tennis today? Yeah, I was on uh, Stricker. Has that match started? Dominic Stricker? It was a plus one. Well, I'll have to check. Yeah, he's a plus 145-ish dog. ATP Vienna? Uh, Basil. Basil. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Switzerland. And this is from Dom Perrion. Uh, this could be anecdotal, but it seems there's a strong correlation between Wong teasers being poor and survivor carnage for NFL 2022. 
Hashtag we know nothing. Hashtag survivor. Dom Perignon, 100%. By the way, it's not Dom Perignon. It's Dom Perignon. Uh, yes, 100%. There is, there is correlation between survivor and Wong teaser carnage, both being carnage. The only exception being, people should note, and someone sent me this, and they're right. Bi-week Bi picks, I think, sent me this. The Wong teasers, which are the dogs, home and road dogs of one and a half right. teased upwards, yes. have actually done well. I mean, that part is, that's where we've yeah. talked about this a couple of times. Yes, yes, if you're taking eight and a half and teasing down, you're probably having a bad season for the most part. Taking Wong teasers, though, and teasing up has been okay. Has been pretty good, yes. It, it's the problem with the, the ones that are correlated with, with Survivor, which is the big favorites teased down. Yeah, that's been a disaster as I, I mean, so I did this weekend. My only teasers play teaser plays, Gil. I did the both sides of the Jets and Broncos. So I had the Jets up and the Broncos up. Hit that middle both, nice. but I tied them both for the Patriots. Ugh. Right. So it's like the perfect example. Teasing them up worked on both teams. I have to find out if Wishnev went zero and seven on Megapod teasers. We're crushing with best bets, but like teasers, disaster. <laughs> Just a disaster. Uh, let's talk some baseball. Paul Sporer is with us, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. Fan graphs, of course, where he plies most of his trade. And uh, twitch.tv. Wait, hold on. Let me try that again. Twitch.tv slash Sporer. Is that correct? Yeah. There you nailed go. It. Right. Nailed, nailed it. Nailed it. I've only had like 50 tries to do that. Uh, Paulie, okay. World Series starts on Friday. Before we get to that, oh. let me just ask you the same thing I asked Borchard. Bob Melvin and the Padres, final frame against the Phillies. And by the way, congratulations to Phillies backers, to Phillies fans. The home run uh, burst has just been unbelievable, whether it's Harper or Hoskins or Schwarber on down Schwarber. the line. It's been incredible. Um, but, man, no, we never got to see we never got to see Josh Hader in there. And then they do the sacrifice bunt down a run and with one out. And you just you sort of watch that. You're like, what are we what are we doing here? Did that bother you as much as it bothered me? <laughs> completely. Yeah. Completely. So um, I was at the movies, but uh, I had an AirPod in listening to the game, and everything <laughs> in my body told me that. Wait a minute. What movie yeah. were you? What movie were you at? <laughs> Stop right the there. Festival from a Stop couple right weeks there. ago. What are you? What movie were Psych you at? Psycho. <laughs> How does, does a girlfriend look at you and be like, what are you doing, dude? She had no idea. No? She no I was just going to ask that question. Her first like, time finding out. Both think she has no idea. <laughs> like, he's like, I've got it in my right, right ear. She's sitting on the left side of me. That is she 100% how no it went. Paul, she definitely knows side. what's going on. No clue. Guaranteed, she's clueless. <laughs> Even when I did a little fist pump when Harper went yard. <laughs> Uh, she probably thought I was just cheering on Norman Bates, which makes me look kind of weird. weird. I'll, Little I'll weird. take it. Little weird. I'll take it. Yeah. But um, I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I've seen Psycho. So, you know, I can concentrate on two things at once. And I'm like, what is going on? How is Hater not in for this at bat? I was losing my mind. Uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. And then the bunt, I mean, you, you, you might as well let Norman Bates take you out at that point because what are you doing? I hate bunts. You know I cannot stand bunts. Mm -hmm. There are so few bunts that I can co-sign. The only ones I can really co-sign is like one run to win the game, maybe to move the guy from like first to second, and then you got your best players coming up or something, but I hate bunting. So I thought it was awful and really, really bad for the Padres there. They could have beat that team. Phillies played great. It's not like the Phillies were fluky or anything like that, but a couple huge blunders there with the bunt and the, the hater won way more than the bunt, to be honest. I, I just, how's hater not facing Harper? I, there? I, I, How are you letting Harper get beat? It's I like, like Robert Suarez, but it's a, it's a right-hander. It's crazy. And it's like, this is littered in, in modern baseball history, right? Like Buck Showalter famously not putting Zach Britton in yep. the game. Like I thought we were past that. 
It's lefties. What is it with lefty relievers? These yeah. guys won't just put them in. But I mean, against Harper, it is ready made right there. Like, Ugh. what moment are you saving him? The for? seven, eight, nine hitters, uh, Paul. That's what you're waiting for. Just apparently. you know, yeah. Um, insane, insane. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. I like Bob Melvin, good manager. Couple big blunders there. Like I said, the hater one on a high level for me. Yeah. By the way, I'm so glad it was psycho and not something serious. Like uh, I was at Schindler's List you know, <laughs> when I was listening to the ball game. Hey, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld made out yeah. during Schindler's List. Yeah, I can right. listen to a ball game. That's right. Um, okay. So the series, and we won't. We'll be brief. Astros are minus 181, minus 190, somewhere in that pocket. That you, you know, got to shop around for this. Phillies plus 155 on the comeback, at least at BetMGM. That's the series. For game one, which is looking like Verlander versus Wheeler, I think it's Wheeler. Got it. um, I would think so, yeah. Yeah, minus 155 on the Astros. Do you like either game one or do you like either that or the series? Or do you think they're both appropriately priced? <laughs> I, I do think it is pretty appropriately priced. And I'm, I understand anybody who wants to get on the Phillies. I mean, you know, my, my brother-in-law is a big Astros fan. He's like, oh, great, another NL East team that we're way better than on paper but is playing out of their minds right now, you know, with the Nats and then the Braves and now the Phillies. And so they've seen this story before. However, the Astros weren't playing as well as, as they were against uh, when, when they were met the Nats and the Braves. They were playing well in those years, but they're on another level right now. So they do deserve to be the favorite by a good bit. I understand, um, and I, I am picking them to win. I do think the Astros are going to win. Their pitching is just so smothering right now. They're just such a machine. Uh, you know, it's like it, it, it's almost like the uh, the business class here of, of Houston versus the the fun and, and cool team with, of Phillies, right? Because they've got all the excitement there, the underdogs. And we see how those things go. Like, those can be big title matchups there where the team that everyone's like, oh, this team is so much better, and then they end up losing. So I am going with the Astros, though. I like this team top to bottom. Uh, the interesting part, though, I wonder if Will Smith makes the roster this time. He, they haven't been concerned about putting mm-hmm. him on the roster yeah. as their only lefty. I understand because they've trained their guys. This is one of the things that they've been focused on the last few years, really, is having bullpen guys who can get out both sides so they don't have to have these lefty guys that come in for these key spots here. So they might not have a lefty to go to for Schwarber or Harper. Uh, they might just trust their righties, and then we won't have to question, why didn't you go to Will Smith? Because Will Smith is no Josh Hader. So I'm eager to see if they do put him on, but they might just end up with Framber Valdez as their only lefty. Yeah. Still. And if the Astros win this, can we start to talk about them as a dynasty? Because at that point, it will be two World Series wins, yes. four World Series appearances, six championship series in the last six years. I think we we probably have Absolutely. to. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you got to get the two to really be called the dynasty. Um, you know, sorry, sorry, Braves. I I, I kind of give the Braves a pass on. I'm, I'm like in between on them with the 13 division titles. Right. But you usually need two titles for me to go dynasty. And I do think if the Houston Astros win this one, we are looking at dynasty. That's why the Dodgers need another one. You know, what are they? The playoffs 10 straight years. They do have the title. And I don't really take too much from them for the 2020. Like I know some people want to put an asterisk on it. I mean, the playoffs were longer. The regular season was shorter, but the playoffs were longer. So. I don't really have a problem with uh, their 2020 World Series. It is interesting, though, that uh, you know it's hard to call them a dynasty when they only have the one yeah. and they have so many other disappointments around there. So if Houston wins this, I think they beat them to the punch as far as the modern dynasty. Yeah, I, I usually go three before I say a dynasty, but because it's 
four World Series and six championship series. And if they would have the second one, then it's kind of dynasty-ish. But you're right, yeah. if they lose, they're essentially Braves light still from Braves from the 90s and, and yep. early 2000s at that point who only won one title. Uh, it's so interesting because you try to think about well, the Giants won three, but then they sort of disappeared the years in between. That was that, its that own. That is interesting. Yeah, that, that was its own weird, unbelievable thing. But it's so not like this. Um, yes. It's better in some ways, obviously, because they got the three rings, and then it's not as good in other ways. So it's 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 interesting what this would be a comp to. Um, next week when we have you on, not only will we talk uh, World Series because we'll be in the midst of it, uh, but we'll also talk about the uh, clubs you think, before we even get the numbers in betting-wise, might be a little overvalued or undervalued heading into next season. That sounds great, Gil. Look forward to it. Paul Sporer, everybody. Thank you, Paulie. Enjoy the series whenever it starts you. Friday. You Take know care. What? You too. At Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. Went to see uh, Psycho and uh, listen to the ball game. That kid, that kid doesn't let baseball get in the way of his personal life, does he? She knows what's going on, Paul. She totally does. <laughs> she totally you knows. He's secretive, man. <laughs> He's convinced she doesn't know. We'll come back. Division odds and so much more, including guessing lines with Kelly next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. Get everything v has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sign up now and get v Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks daily recap of the top plays made by v show hosts and guests. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits. Pro tips with actionable insights to up your betting game. Deep dive daily betting reports on the NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs. Plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit v slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special today. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Kelly Bidlin guesses college football lines. Fire it up, baby. Bring the noise. (laughs) Time to extract some real value on the college betting card this week. Base. How low can you go? (laughs) Back again. Once is the. Oh, sorry. I used to bring the noise. All right, Kelly. Wyatt Tomchek and I have carefully curated five games for you to guess lines on. 
By the way, this is so Wyatt-influenced, it's not even funny. It's like, oh, first up, let's do Wyatt's favorite team. <laughs> that would be Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. I got Michigan laying 21 and a half. Do you? On the spread here. Michigan State beat Wisconsin last week, but lost four in a row before that, Gil, my research shows. Mm-hmm. Michigan's Blake Corum or Corum or Sorum or whoever you pronounce his name. I hear he's a really good running back. He's up there in the Heisman odds. He is. But he plays at 9 a.m. Pacific time, so I have, I've barely seen the guy this year. Um... I'm going 21 and a half Michigan in this quote unquote rivalry game that isn't much of a game at this point. And the actual line per bet MGM is 22 and a half. Look at you. You're not cheating on these? Good Nailed on it. you. Nailed it. Let's go. Wow. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. What we got next, Gil? Rolling through <laughs> Next, we got Oklahoma and Iowa State. We go to the Big 12. What do you like here? Oklahoma lay in seven. They've got uh, Dylan Gabriel, the old UFC quarterback, back in action. Or UCF. What did I just say? UFC. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Do that a lot. Iowa State lost last four uh, against every good team they've played. Uh, although they've, they've made a little bit of these tight. They're go- uh, Oklahoma going into a tough place to play. Dylan Gabriel back. I checked on that. Oklahoma laying seven. Laying seven at Iowa State. And the actual bet MGM line is Oklahoma minus one and, one and a half. Not quite there. Value on the dog. <laughs> Value. <laughs> The value on the dog, apparently, according oh, to Kelly. By the way, people landing on this for the first time are like, what is this? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the North Star on this segment is to be really stupid. Doesn't have to be good, just really stupid. What do you got? That's TCU, right. West Virginia, the undefeated Horn Frogs and Heisman candidate. Horn Frogs laying 10 on the road, Gil. They got a guy, oh, forgot his name already, that Max. you made a Heisman bet on. Max Duggan. Max Duggan? Mm-hmm. Duggan. Going to win the Heisman. Still undefeated. Some close wins past few weeks. Possible trap spot for TCU. <laughs> but I still got the Horned Frogs laying 10 on the road at West Virginia. This guy had the nerve to call it a trap spot. Uh, TCU minus 10. It's TCU minus 7.5. Not quite, but not awful. Okay. Not bad. Not All bad. Right. All right. A couple more of these, and then we'll move on. Yep. A couple more. Guessing lines with Kelly Bidlin. Oh, little Mountain West. Colorado State, Boise State. Up there in Boise. All right. Blue turf. The the weekly Wyatt Mountain West Conference game of the week, Boise State minus 24. I can't name a single player on the team. Uh, Wyatt loves giving me these games. Boise State appears to be the class of, of the class of the conference and is blowing out every team while Colorado State looks like one of the worst teams in the country. Uh, Boise State at home laying 24. I used to love going up to watch Boise games, man. Minus 27 is the actual line. Good on you. Wow. Okay. So just the Oklahoma botch so far. And then finally, man, who knows with this one? Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Yeah, who knows? Pick them. Pick them. <laughs> that's that's, your, really that's your analysis? Pick them. That's my analysis. I got it. Okay. OSU bounced back uh, nicely last week against Texas after losing to TCU before. Kansas State loses to TCU. Both beat Texas Tech by double digits. I don't know. Tough place to play. Call it a pick-up, Gil. I have no idea. <laughs> you can call it a pick-up. You know what the rest of the world is calling it? Minus one and a half in favor of the Wildcats. I'm getting better It's at pretty this. good. Maybe I should stop getting the wow. whole Big 12 conference every week and yeah. then one Mountain West conference. Game. So we, I wanted to give you something more off the grid, and somebody else tweeted in, too. They were like, why don't you give Kelly uh Like, some of, some of these teams I'm getting in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Like, TCU, I've done, like, two, or, two times in a row now. Yeah. Which, which means I've researched them twice in two weeks. All right. That was Guessing Lines, college football style with Kelly Billet, everybody. Do we have a close on it or no? We just go We just go to something else? Well, usually we go to break, but you know, we got other things to do here. <laughs> we do have other things to go. All right. Um, somewhat more seriously, uh, what we were talking about is division odds in the National Football League, and specifically the NFC. So 
you know, with the parity that exists and with all the teams being bunched up per division, the question becomes, where does the value lie? So let me just go through all the divisions, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crescendo to the pick that I like the most in the NFC. So NFC East, Kelly, and you can chime in on all these. NFC East, you know, any thoughts of taking Dallas at a nice plus price? Dallas is plus 450. You see the Eagles at 6-0, and Giants at 6-1, and Cowboys at 5-2. and Any thoughts of taking the Cowboys at plus 450 mitigated by the fact that Philly's schedule is the easiest, like it is so easy. They'll be favored in every game the rest of the way except for at Dallas. And so I don't think you can really go against the Eagles there, even though you might be tempted to do so, that schedule. By the way, let me just also say this, caveat, doing schedule analysis this year on a week-to-week basis, I agree, based on the parity, is a more harrowing activity than it's ever been before. So I will preface it by saying that. Well, I, however, we had the one tweet on Aaron, from Aaron Schatz, right, about, you know, Eagles having one of the easiest schedules left. If you just look at actual strength of schedule, they're right middle of the road, right, yeah, from yeah. a remaining opponent. No bet for you here, or is there a bet? No, no. So, okay, so there might, I, I don't have a lot of bets. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be making when we talk about these, but a lot of these would be to kind of hedge off positions I took heading into the season. So I was loaded up on Eagles, uh, uh, NFC East futures heading in. Plus 450 on the Cowboys, I think, is a good number, at least, for me to take off a little bit. Because mm. I still think that I like the Giants. I think I think at a certain point, we're going to talk about when we get to our NFL power rankings probably tomorrow at this point. Um, we're going to, I, I think the Giants, at some point, you got to start giving Brian Dayball credit, at least, with what he's doing with that team. I still think the only team that's got a chance at catching the Eagles, though, is the Cowboys. No bet for me. NFC West. Seattle in the lead. Seattle is in the lead at four and three. They're plus 500 and are in the lead. You see the remaining strength of schedules kind of middling there. The division of death from two years ago. The problem is that they've already lost to San Francisco and still have another game against San Francisco, obviously, to go. Two Rams games and at Kansas City. So that's four games right off the top in the remaining 10 that's going to be kind of harrowing for them to maintain that division lead. So I think it's appropriately priced with San Francisco still being the short shot in that division. So I don't like a bet there either. I think it's appropriately priced for the Seahawks. I think the, I, I don't know that the 49ers should be that short, but uh, Gil, it's the, it's I'd the, agree with that. It's the only bet I could make. If yeah. I was forced to make a bet, it'd be the 49ers to win this division. And, and shop around, right? If you can find them at plus 150, something like that, yeah, I think it's probably worth a bet. I'm crescendoing to the bet I like. Let's go to the NFC North. Minnesota, two-game lead in the NFC North, and they've already beaten everyone in the division once already. They've beaten the Packers, they've beaten the Lions, they've beaten the Bears. They're minus 600. I don't think you can play that at minus 600, but I sure don't want to play the Packers or the Bears or the Lions, even at those prices. So, I, I yeah, as you know, I'm loaded up on Vikings futures. Last yeah. week, I took a piece of the Packers just to kind of hedge off that position a little bit. Um, there, there's, there's nothing for me here, obviously, for me, and there's nothing I can recommend either, right? No. Like you just said, there's... You can't, I mean, the Vikings are way too out in front, and you really trust in any one of these other teams to catch them? By the way, I mean, the giant. The, we talked about malpractice earlier. How about the, the Packers 
never filling that wide receiver position with any kind of real seriousness. I know they picked Christian Watson in the second round, but come on. It's ridiculous. What a mismanaged franchise. Did you catch some of those Aaron Rodgers comments yesterday? Uh, I don't don't know that I love or hate how, like, the whole relaxed thing he's taking. He drives me crazy. Here's the bet I love. I can't even stand it. Uh, (laughs) NFC South. This is tied up at three and four. Yep. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. And by the way, the Panthers and the Saints, one game behind it, two and five. Oh, what a division it is. Now, before I saw the Aaron Schatz DVOA strength of schedule, I went through it on my own. And I said to myself, Self, am I seeing what I'm seeing? The Atlanta Falcons schedule is so unbelievably easy. And. The Buccaneers are a disaster of a football team. You can get the Falcons to win that division at 3-1, to one, shop around. But look at the Falcons. Panthers, Chargers, both at home. Then at Panthers. Then home Bears. Then at the Commodes. Then home Steelers. Then a bye. Then at Saints. At Ravens. Home Cardinals. Home Bucks. Until week 16, they might be favored in every game. Maybe. Or they're going to be a short dog. And then I went to Aaron Schatz. He's got them as having the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. He's with me on that, based on his DVOA. I think the Atlanta Falcons are the best division bet in the NFC of any of the divisions right now. Man, I don't hate it. I, it, it it's hard to feel super confident in it, in my opinion. Because it's the Falcons. Because it's the Falcons. And I do, I'm a little bit higher still on the Bucks than you are of at least the chance of them bouncing back. But no, but no, you're right. Of all the things we just went through, that's the best bet. Pete Futek, college football on the other side. It's a numbers game at Vista, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on Vista, the Sports Betting Network. Back on a numbers game, live from the South Point, Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the feedback. Rich PSM, Rich Pism. He said, Chargers deserve the bad luck. In 2006, they fired a 14-2 and coach with a rising stud team because backup, uh, because a G- backup GM, A.J. Smith, wanted credit. They moved to a city who cares less and left 6 million fans because the owner couldn't get along with leaders in the city. That is very representative of how people in San Diego yeah. feel. I, I got no beef with that argument right there. Bill Hooker. Uh, the guy with six survivor entries who's going to be on the show tomorrow must not be superstitious. I would be afraid coming on a numbers game and talking about success. I think I'd mush myself. Well, we appreciate him coming on. Bainbridge DeWeese, sporer at the movie with the game in his ear is the funniest thing I've heard in ages. <laughs> Only sports betters understand and no one else does. Reminds me of that insurance commercial with the guy mad his buddy's wedding is... Uh, uh, with the guy, oh yeah, the Super, Bowl. yeah, on, his, on an NFL Sunday, oh, yes. at his buddy's yeah. wedding during football, yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Jamie Wolf. Hey, uh, friend, he called me friend. Hey, friend, is this Jim Nance? Hey, guy. Hey, friend. He said you guys are peaking a lot today. A lot of pops and crackles. FYI, love the show. Oh, we we apologize for the pops and crackles. Maybe we're just enthusiastic today, Kelly. Yeah, oh, that happens with me when I yell. Jamie Leva picked up on the public enemy bringing the noise. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, and this is uh, Ryan Hyatt. Now that Kelly has guest. College football lines with Gil. There's no need for any further college football analysis on Visa this week. Anything else will just be sound and fury signifying nothing. Trip Tepper. Guessing lines with Kelly is a segment that warms my heart and leaves me laughing hysterically. 
Well, why don't we talk some college football nonetheless with Pete Futek? Sorry for that intro, Pete. I still want to talk college football. I want to hear from Pete. Collegefootballnews.com, the uh, the czar of college football news. It's Peter Futek. How you doing, Pete? I don't want to hear from me. I think the lines with Kelly sound more interesting. You have public enemy going. You guys are popping, popping and crackling. You got friends. I, I don't know what you need me for, but I'll try to help this thing out a little well, bit. I'd, I'd like to speak to you about a few college football matters. One, let's go back to this past week before we get to this week. Dino Babers, start there. Okay. <laughs> you already close your eyes. I'm watching Syracuse and Clemson. Yeah. And he's got timeouts in pocket, and he appears to be using them wisely. And then all of a sudden, he just forgets that he has one left or something is yep. going on. And 25 additional seconds run off the clock before Syracuse gets the ball back with a chance to win the football game. And yep. so their, their final drive, which was very, you know, was they were matriculating the ball down the field. But it got really harried at the end because, oh, this just in. They didn't have enough time left. And so they lose to Clemson. There was a pick there at the end. But if you had those extra 25 seconds, and by the way, Sean McDonough did a great job. He's a Syracuse alum, right? So this was great listening to him during the oh, broadcast man. because he is dying. He's like, first of all, who's the running back? He's like, we're out of witness protection. John Tucker, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tucker. He's like, oh, we're out of witness protection. There's Tucker. And then he's like, boy, we could really use those 25 seconds right now. What man, was that? After, that? after that fumble recovery for a score, every Syracuse alum who's all they, – oh. Basically, one, how do you know somebody went to Syracuse Journalism School? You don't have to ask. They'll tell you within 30 seconds. <laughs> we have a couple of those at Visa. What was oh, Tom Viola? What was Tom Viola? Like, he was telling, letting us know that all the time. And that two, was Syracuse, by the way. They all have, on that fumble recovery on Twitter and social media and Sean McDonough, they're perfectly able to use, they had 50,000 words when like 50 would do to the to the greatness of that, oh, what this means for the program, you know, all this other stuff, but they were so excited. But you're right. I, I do think you and I on our, you know, tombstone is going to be manage the clock correctly or something, well, uh, something of that. It's as bad it's, as, yeah, it, as bad as it bad. is in pro football, Pete, college football head coaches, man. And Babers makes three million a year. God bless him. But come the, on. We don't get this. The difference being that the clock stops after first downs yes. in, in the college so like the the running joke on the, the show you were on with it and we did was that oklahoma state texas game okay. last weekend so this that is... i think that just ended it started about <laughs> it started like six days ago that thing took forever okay so that's a perfect segue let, let yeah. me let me bring that up because i brought it up earlier and you know bob dr bob was on the show on friday he had texas in that game uh, it was super frustrating for anybody who had Texas. And then you look at the box score at the end, and I just want to ask you, on, on any level of football, pro, college, high school, flag, whatever it is, when you look at a box score, and Lord knows those flag football box scores readily available, but when you look at it, 14 penalties on the Longhorns, zero on the Cowboys. Come yeah. on. You ever seen that before? Bit. It's a little bit crazy, a little bit, but, but obviously they're doing something weird. I mean, the, it's they're trying to get away with something sometimes, but yeah, that's a little bit overskewed. The thing overall, and our purposes of our discussion here to remember about that game and everything else right now, Big 12 and Pac-12, by the way, more than anybody else, those two conferences, the home teams are winning, and every Big 12 game was over if you took the uh, Texas Tech, uh, West Virginia uh, line uh, during the game. You got over that game. Every Big 12 game is 38-34, and everything's going to the home side. And so for whatever pattern this is, 
It's the home teams over the last two weeks have been finding ways to pull out these games. And this matters because when you do have so many close games, and the Big 12 is pretty even all across the board this year, and the Pac-12, for example, as well, uh, the home teams are pulling these things out. Oklahoma State pulled this out. I helped one of the guys on the show say, hey, don't get, don't cash out of your, your parlay yet. Oklahoma State's coming back to win this because this is what Big 12 teams are doing. Sure enough, that happens. But, yes, that was a little bit skewed for Oklahoma State's favor. But, hey, home team maybe. Oregon beats UCLA now. All the Pac-12 teams have one loss. Does that mean they're eliminated from a college football playoff? You know what? That's going to be the fun discussion going forward because if you talk to anybody from the SEC, the Oregon blowout loss to Georgia to start the season was, was a disqualifier from here on. But the college football playoff committee has yet to not take a 12-1 and or better uh, Power 5 conference champion unless there's a, a crazy outlier like 12-0 and Notre Dame uh, in 2018. So I keep saying this, if you're Tennessee, that Alabama win was cute and all, you got to beat Georgia. Same thing, Georgia, flip side, Georgia probably has to beat Tennessee because Clemson's not losing twice. They're going to get there. They're going to win the ACC championship in 12-1. and They're going to be in. You're going to have a 12-0, and if not unbeaten, Big Ten champion. You're going to have a 12-1, and if not unbeaten, SEC champion. And you know, look, this was baked into the cake. USC was going to lose at USC again, back with a home team thing. Uh, USC was going to lose at Utah. Sorry about that. The home team thing. UCLA uh, lost their game last week to Oregon. We'll see what happens. USC-UCLA is not really a home game thing. But there's going to be, I think there's going to be 11-1 versus 11-1 for the Pac-12 championship. And the winner of that, I think, is going unless the committee decides, you know what, we just kind of like the Michigan-Ohio State loser or the Tennessee-Georgia loser better. If a one-loss Oregon Ducks gets in over a undefeated TCU, I'm going to lose my mind. They wouldn't do that. They okay. would take an undefeated TCU for it. Because the, the way this, this whole thing works is that it's not set in stone, but the playoff committee has said from the start they look at conference championships, Power 5 conference championships won. Did you win your conference champion? There's no way, no how, no chance – an undefeated Power 5 Conference champion is going to be left out. Okay. All right. Let's go to this week. Just checking. Let's go to this week. Um, well, let's start with Syracuse and Notre Dame. Syracuse favored by a field goal. What do you like there? I like Syracuse. I mean, they're they're still good. I mean, it's crazy. It's like they took a little break, but they had the one road game before that Clemson game, and that was at Connecticut, which doesn't really count. Uh, Notre Dame's just too shaky. You know, they seem to have a way of, uh, you know, the BYU win doesn't look so great right now. Uh, they obviously lost to Stanford. Uh, struggling a little bit. Syracuse, I'm still a believer. Now they are really, really, the Orange are really, really banged up. But I think at home, I think they pull this off. All right, Ohio State heading to Penn State. I'm going to assume a whiteout. Can Penn State? Can... <laughs> Didn't they, do, they did that last week for Minnesota, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, they have white T-shirts. Let's go, let's go away. Uh, oh, my God, they're wearing articles of clothing. Go away. <laughs> Actually, the fun says, I think uh, until last week, there was something crazy. Crazy. I think there were like some like two and nine in whiteout games, mean, meaning that they basically were playing Ohio State or some other top five team. They For, did forget the yeah. cover here. I don't want to talk about a cover. Can Penn State win this? It would take something amazing. Now, remember, Ohio State hasn't actually really beaten anybody. That's exactly really what I'm saying. It, yes. I mean, they, you and I have as many wins over currently ranked teams as Bama and uh, Ohio State do. But beating Wisconsin, not that big a deal. Beating Michigan State, not that big a deal. Uh, I kind of think the sign of a really awesome team is when you don't play your best and you still win, what was it, 52-10 over Iowa? Uh, because that the, the, the Iowa defense was great. They held them in relative check. Six takeaways. That defense is the second best in the country right now. I think Ohio State still trucks them. All right, we got uh, 45 seconds. What's your favorite single play of the weekend? 
I am liking North Carolina. Again, I'm buying into the home until the, the streak breaks, until this fever breaks. I'm liking the, the close uh, point spread home teams. North Carolina versus Pitt, I am not buying into the Pitt Panthers at all. North Carolina, every game's 95-94, big-time shootout, but I do think the Tar Heels win this 95-93 and cover the three-and-a-half. Okay. Um, well, one more. Let's squeeze in one more. Kentucky-Tennessee, I'm just curious what you think about that. Kentucky close. Uh, Tennessee, I'm, not, I'm still buying in, but Kentucky's got a weird, funky curveball uh, that it's going to be tough to hit. And Tennessee, that second-worst pass defense in America, is going to come back to bite them at some point. All right, Peter, appreciate it as always. At Pete Futak, F-I-U-T-A-K on the old uh, Twitter machine there. CollegeFootballNews.com is where you can find him. See, we did talk about college football, Pete, with you. We were happy to have keep, you. Keep, keep on popping and crackling. Eh? Popping and crackling. It's what we do. Thank you, Peter. Coming back, JVT on the NBA. Well, look at these uh, this other Aaron Schatz uh, tweet that we have about uh, the simulations. Kelly uh, Wyatt and I spent a good 10 minutes after the show debating this subject. Coming back, it's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashing the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards every time you make a wager at BetMGM. You can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander. Kelly Bidlin is here. Uh, we were talking about this after the show yesterday. Me, you, Kelly, and uh, Wyatt Tomchak from downstairs. We spent a good 10 minutes trying to figure this out. Um, 
And uh, this is from Aaron Schatz. But first, let me, let me squeeze in the pro tip real quick. Can we do that? I don't know. We'll do the Aaron Schatz. Let's, let's do Schatz tweet. For first. God's yeah. sakes. The curveball's going on in my ears. <laughs> uh, Aaron Schatz pointed this out because uh, we saw this tweet yesterday. Another fun playoff odds simulation outcome. He said in one out of every 100 simulations, the Eagles win the Super Bowl and get the number one overall pick from the Saints. And so we spent like 10 minutes yesterday being like, wait a minute, how did they get that pick again? Remember the day before the draft, I think it was last year, there was that trade where, and we were kind of like, huh, what is that? We had to break it all down because there were multiple trades that right. ended up being involved based off of this original trade. The, the Eagles traded 16 and 19, 16th and 19th overall pick and a 2022 sixth rounder to the Saints for the number 18 overall 2022 third rounder, seventh rounder, and then a 2023 first rounder. There it was. The 2023 first rounder and a 2024 second round pick. So that 2023 first rounder is the pick we're talking about. Meanwhile, the picks they the picks they got got traded over and over, right? The Saints used 16 to go up to 11 to get Olave. Right. 18 ended up with the Titans. They got Traylon Burks. So that was a whole thing. But it's that one from, from that trade, that pre-draft trade. That's how they so, got that. All the Giants and Cowboys buzz this season, and uh, there's a that slim possibility the Eagles could yeah, win a Super Bowl slim. and then get the first pick. Here's your pro tip of the hour. This is what uh, I wanted to wedge in here. Consider the Falcons in the NFC South division market. Uh, we talked about it moments ago. They have one of the easiest schedules left in the league, according to Aaron Schatz, Football Outsiders, the single easiest. And you can get a big number still on this team. Shop around. Uh, $3 and more. That was our pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20. Every day, they're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. We'll do our NFL power rankings tomorrow. Yes, we will. You should also check out the NFC South division market, not the market. Is that what you wrote? Market? Yeah, yeah, market. The market. Maybe if you have an accent. English major. Uh, Let's talk some NBA. Let's bring in Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. How you doing, JVT? I'm good, Gil. How are you? We're good. Uh, Kelly has a uh, sports talk radio basketball question that he asked me off the air, which I think is a great thought exercise. Oh, Kelly, yeah, what yeah. was it? Because I'm too close to the sun yeah. on this one. More unlikable team. The 2010, 2010 Miami Heat with the big three just coming together or the current Nets? I <laughs> love this question. Uh, so you're asking the wrong guy because I'm a big LeBron fan, so I would go with the Nets. Also because... Like, LeBron was unlikable because of the decision that he made, right, and everything that went down and whatnot. Correct. But the Nets are unlikable because there's, like, this weird arrogance that comes from them off the court. Like, I don't need Kyrie to lecture me about life and whatnot and, like, like little things like that. Uh, Kevin Durant being super thin-skinned. My vote would definitely go with the Brooklyn Well, that's how the discussion started because KD appeared on one of the screens, and I was like, man, I love everything about this guy except for him. Yeah, you know, uh, like, and, yeah. and that's what I said, J- yeah. JVT. I was like, man, this is, I, I think it's the Nets, but maybe yeah. I'm, t- I was too close because I was around that team with, with, with the Heat. Everything JVT is saying about why each was uh, unlikable is true. Yet I'll tell you this when the Mavericks won that first championship, I remember being ecstatic. So. I mean, it was the yeah. decision, and yeah. then the not one, not two, not three. Four, I yeah. understand why everybody hated all of yeah. that. Yes. You could kind of understand their arrogance, though. Like, at least LeBron wasn't burning sage and walking around Cleveland's <laughs> arena before he That's played true. him for the first time. You know what <laughs> That's I mean? true. All right. Um, let me just ask you this. We're only four games roughly into the NBA season. The, the Sixers, with a must-win situation last night, uh, get off the schneid. They're one and three. But let me, let's just look at the NBA standings, and you see – at, you know, again, the, the, the Sixers are one and three. 
The Heat are 1-3. and three. If you go to the Western Conference, you have the Lakers at 0-3. Maybe that's not surprising to most. But at the top, the Blazers are the only remaining undefeated 4-0. and Not to mention the fact that the Spurs and the Jazz are both 3-1. and And I guess what I'm asking, and you can already anticipate, I'm telegraphing the pass. Which one of those on either side do you think is actually what we're going to see from the team moving forward, either to the good or the bad? So uh, it's not going to be as extreme, but I do think, and Kelly and I have talked about this, I think the negatives that you're seeing with Miami are, are legitimately real. This oh. is a team. Oh, I think we're losing JBT. Uh, yeah. Kelly, I'll ask you the question. Yeah, I think what he's trying to say there is, uh, look, the Miami Heat, you lose P.J. Tucker. There, there's there's some scoring deficiencies on this team that you're going to have some concerns with. You're asking too much of Bam Adebayo to average 25 points per game and for Tyler Hero to slide into the starting lineup and average, I mean, more than 25 points per game is really what you need uh, out of him. Kyle Lowry, it looks like Matt Ryan right now. Like, he's he's done. His, his career's toast. I, I they were they were a team I was not high on coming into this year, which I know is a shocker for a lot of people around here since I'm Captain Miami Heats for some reason. But uh no, I'm not high on them. And Philadelphia, you and I have talked about. Look, the starting five is fantastic. Yep. You get into that bench though, and it and it's thin and it's thin. But that's gonna matter more in the regular season than it's gonna matter in the playoffs. And this team is built for the playoffs. You feel like Embiid is playing one game and Harden's playing another? Like, they just, it's so ISO, right? And it just doesn't feel like they coalesce at this point. I thought you were going to answer the Lakers, Kelly, or JVT was going to answer the Lakers as the one that is probably the most locked in to what they're doing early. We have Jonathan Von Tobel back through the magic of Skype. How you doing, JVT? You back here with us? Uh, I'm good. Sorry, there's a, a little bit of a tech issue, obviously. Uh, but, no, I think Kelly has said everything that I, I was going to say about Miami. Just a super undersized team. Their bench is not good. You take a 20-point-per-game score, you put him in your starting lineup, you do nothing to address the rest of your bench. It's going to be a problem. Uh, and so I think as we're moving forward, like, are they going to be a team that only wins 30% of their games? No. But, like, are they going to be a team that is – Probably scuffling for a play-in spot and not, I don't think, comfortably in the top six, which is why I bet the Hawks to win the division before the season started. I think absolutely. And I do think, Gil, because you brought up the Lakers, like there's some legitimacy to their 0-3 start. And by the way, if you look at their schedule, they are staring 0-7 straight in the face uh, considering who yes. their next few opponents are going to be. Yeah. Um, but there is, there's at least something you can kind of do, right? And it's not all on Russell Westbrook, but either changing his role or getting him off the team or whatever it's going to be, you can at least make your team a little bit better in that regard, right? Like when Russell Westbrook's taking shots for, you know, two for ones when he shouldn't be because they have a lead or opposing centers are guarding him and just sitting in the paint because they don't have to worry about him, that changes everything for your offense. And at least they can make a tangible change if they feel like it. They did bench him for the final three possessions against Portland. And if they want to do that, then maybe they maximize their roster and there's a little bit of a change there with the Lakers. But I think out of everything we've seen, the most legitimate moving forward, unless there's a dramatic change on the roster, I think the Heat are in for a tough year. Okay. I don't want to belabor this because I want to get to your picks tonight, but but on the on the positive side, I won't, I won't trouble you with the Spurs because I know that's not sustainable and, and maybe not the Jazz. But the Blazers have actually beaten some pretty good opponents here early. You don't yeah. think that we're seeing something that we might not have expected from them? 
Oh, I, th- I think there's po- there's a possibility for sure. I-, I think my worry is like right now, defensively, they've given up 107.6 points per 100 possessions. Uh, if you look at some of like the the metrics when it tracks shot the location and quality of shots allowed, that's not going to be sustainable. Uh, and I worry about where they're going to get their bench production. But I wrote about this in the guide, and I think I've talked about this with Kelly. You know, Portland is one of those teams where you could tell me they were going to come into the year and win 40, 45 ish games because Damian Lillard's awesome, and I'd agree. And you could also tell me that by the end of the year they were a tank candidate, and I would agree. Like I thought the the spec for Portland and where they would end up this year was super wide. So like 4-0 and going to be one of the best teams in the Western Conference, I still have my doubts. But if they're going to be a playoff team, like 7-8 seed and win a play-in seed, uh, I don't think I'd be very surprised at all for Portland, given the talent they have on that roster. And by the way, the NBA betting guide still very applicable here. It's only four games, so you can oh, still yeah. glean oh, yeah. tons of information from there. And uh, JVT's Hardwood Handicappers available where all podcasts are distributed with co-host, sometimes, Kelly Bidlin That's once right. a week. No one forget about End of that. this week, TBD. TBD. <laughs> All right, uh, we got uh, 45 seconds. JVT, your favorite NBA bets of the night are? So, so short card. First off, the bet I've actually made, I put a small play on the Warriors money line tonight against Phoenix. Uh, I, I think when you're looking at Phoenix so far, uh, their offense has been a little disjointed. You know, they're averaging, I think their offensive rating with Devin Booker off the floor is like 91. It's Oof. been really bad. And, and I think that this Warriors team is going to be able to exploit that with their deep bench. And I'm just keeping track of this Portland, or excuse me, this uh, Pelicans game. If the market doesn't adjust enough, which, by the way, we're seeing buyback is five and a half was extreme. But if it's not warranted enough, if Zion Williamson plays, uh, I'll be on the Pelicans tonight, even with the Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram injuries. Okay. John, we appreciate it as always, man. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you. Jonathan Von Tobel, everybody, at MeJVT on Twitter. We'll do our NFL Power Rankings tomorrow. I know we had to scuttle one thing because we had a lot to talk about today. So we'll do our NFL Power Rankings tomorrow. Um, Also, uh, the gentleman who has all six of his survivor picks remaining out of the 125, Bobby from Crushem Sports, will join us tomorrow. Get his strategy moving forward. Is he going to go with the one pick with all six entries moving forward now that there's only 125 left? Um, We look forward to that manana. And so much more this week. Mina Kimes. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. The Lombardi line is next. Enjoy. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.